High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, Gen Xers, all you guys raised on TV, and specifically, everyone raised on MTV. I want my MTV. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the party's at my place this evening, or should I say, the Monday study session. But you know what? Your real school is still in session, and we have some homework to chat about. This was your assignment, and I would like to see the results. First bit of homework, of course, is to check your phone or tablet or wherever the hell you're listening. Your car, I guess. Well, that doesn't make sense. But check what app you're listening to us on, whether that be Google Play, whether that be Spotify, whether that be iTunes, whether that be Stitcher, and give us a nice little five-star rating. Write us a review, if applicable. This is a free show, and I'm happy to do it, and I'm doing it twice a week these days. But it's helping me. Hopefully it's helping you. (sighs) The sanity is nice, you know? (laughs) So that's one of the ways you can help High School Slumber Party. One of the best ways you can help High School Slumber Party, though, is by telling a friend about all the wonderful things we're doing here. And speaking of all the wonderful things we're doing here, some of my colleagues, friends, compatriots on Cage Club Podcast Network, well, they're doing some great things as well. That's cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, the flagship for this show. And right off the bat, before I forget... Which I wouldn't forget, but remember, guys, salute your healthcare heroes out there. They're really, really supporting us in a time like this. And uh, yeah, I mean, what's more to say about that? You all know. Hope you're clapping at 7 p.m. like we're doing in my neighborhood here in New York City. But of course, you had your podcast homework as well. And that was, well, to listen to last week's episode. 
And let's see, last Friday, we had a fun one. How could I forget? We had Fear, or Marky Mark in Fear, according to Kate Hudson, with not just Kate Hudson, but the star of the film Angus, which we've also covered on the podcast, which you could hear in our archives at cageclub.me. But he, Charlie Talbert, was our guest as well, and it was so much fun. God, probably one of my favorite episodes of all time. You definitely want to listen to it if you haven't. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The bell came home with me, guys. And it doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. We still have some more homework to chat about, specifically the homework for today's episode. Did you watch Beavis and Butthead Do America? It's the first animated film we've ever covered on High School Slumber Party, and I'm so excited to bring my friends on. Dan Ferrara, Autumn Ferrara, married couple. When we recorded this, they were expecting a baby, so it's a fun episode, it's an interesting episode, and I really want to thank them ahead of time because typically we would do the episodes with the two of them in person obviously we can't do that today because of the circumstances so they were troopers we did a recording from you know our own homes and it was super fun i can't wait for you guys to listen to it so without further ado put on your favorite jammies tell your mother you're studying with brian this monday because we have some studying to get on Wow, I really gotta figure out something to say for these. Anyway, I leave you with a song from this kick-ass soundtrack. And it is Red Hot Chili Peppers, Roller Coaster of Love. Class dismissed. You know, first I want to thank you guys for, uh, you know, making this possible due to the circumstances. Always like to have the two of you in person. I like to get that chemistry, but... Yeah, you're lucky you got us. We had a really packed schedule. And <laughs> <laughs> it was hard to find time to stay inside and watch a movie. <laughs> Fair, but you do more than most people, I would say. Lucky enough that I am still technically working from home. Yes, and you're expecting, so... There's a lot to go with that, right? I'm expecting a lot of things. Yeah, I actually, I have all these excuses to leave the house, mostly to go to the doctors, but I, I get to leave the house. Will, will your son be named Beavis or Butthead? Oh, uh, he's definitely going to be a Butthead. My last name's Head. <laughs> Do you think he'll be more of a Butthead than a Beavis? Is that your hope? Um, uh, I think he would probably be more of a Beavis. Yeah, the whole fire thing I could see for sure. <laughs> uh, the goals of expecting parents, I love it. Well... <laughs> The bar, you can trip over the bar. So, uh, <laughs> well, thank you guys again so much for coming on. This is our first animated movie. The two of you have been on before. Do you remember how to introduce yourself? Yeah. Yes. Well, go right ahead then. All right. My name is Dan Ferrara, and I'm a alumni of uh, 
Northern Valley Regional High School in Old Japan. Class meets with Brian, class of 05. Go Golden Knights. Go Golden Knights. Autumn. I am Autumn Ferrara, and I am a Steiner Spartan from Hamilton, New Jersey, class of 2006. Grade younger than Dan. She's still a grade younger than me. (laughs) I guess, yeah, still. Still. (laughs) Well, again, so happy to have you on. Uh, Like I said, this is our first animated film. Beavis and Butthead do America from 1996, right? Yes. This is actually the first movie I snuck into. Wow. A little history. That was going to be my next question. I saw it in movie theaters, but my dad took me. I did not have to sneak. Didn't have to sneak. (laughs) I saw it. Yeah. I saw it in the... Have you ever been to the Washington Township? Uh, oh, of course. Movie theaters, like it's in like the corner of like the strip mall. Yeah, I saw Toy Story there. I saw Aladdin there. I saw a lot of films there. It was me and like my mom's friend and like her son. So it was like, what movie did you say you were seeing? I can't remember because there was me and Mike Opelt, who was my mom's friend's son, and then there was Michelle Opelt, who was with my sister. She's like my sister's age or a year older than my sister. They dropped all four of us off. And our sisters bought tickets to whatever we were supposed to be seeing. Like my mom kind of like encouraged me to see it. I think they knew it, like, you know, <laughs> like have that feeling like you're doing something wrong because it's really not that bad. You're still paying for a ticket. You didn't really sneak in. You just <laughs> so we were like nine years old, barely assigned seats. Yeah, like maybe barely ten years. I know it was just penny on one in '96. We were either nine years old or barely ten. Yeah, I, I remember when this movie came out. It was a big deal. But before any of that. What what are you guys' histories with Beavis and Butthead, the show? Were you watching it? Like, were you fans? Yeah, I was. Yeah, because the first time I saw who Henry Rollins was, was on Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> That's awesome. And this is post-Black Flag Henry Rollins, like when he was just performing in, like, uh, gym shorts and no shirt, like, all the time. And, I like, forgot bare feet. about that. <laughs> So I wasn't allowed to watch Ren and Stimpy. That was like too bad. But I was allowed to watch Beavis and Butthead. What? Which I think about that now as an adult. And I I do not understand my mom's logic. But I would just go to my dad's house and watch whatever I wanted anyway. So. And to be fair, I still don't understand your mom's logic. <laughs> Me either. Hope she's not listening. Or maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. You know, I watched it from time to time. I, I ended up being more of a Daria guy, honestly. So it's a spinoff. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> See, but that came out like so much later. It did, it did. Because that yeah. was more like 99. Do you remember the Beavis? 98, 99. Yeah, because I think it was, I think it was 96, the same year. Beavis and Butthead had their own Super Bowl halftime show. Like the not Butt part Bowl. of the Super Bowl. The it was Butt on MTV Bowl, yeah. during. Yeah, and I remember like my parents <laughs> had like a Super Bowl party at our house in Dumont. And I remember running into like the other room to watch the butt ball. And it was like that and paired with a uh, frog baseball. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, Beavis and Butthead became like a very surprise cultural icon kind of thing, you know, obviously created by Mike Judge. And you mentioned frog baseball. That's the short it came from. And, and MTV kind of just like rolled with this. It was when they were kind of transitioning into more... TV shows rather than showing music videos. But if you remember, that's kind of what Beavis and Butthead was. Yeah, right? they'd they sit used... on the couch and watch. Yeah, it wasn't music really yeah, it wasn't really a separate show. Okay, kids. Arnold's is proud to present um, Kenosha like, Wisconsin. Um, some show, right? Uh, of course it is, Butt Munch. It's on TV. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> no, but um I don't think this is a video. Uh, <laughs> they don't play many videos anymore. It's all like shows and like people snowboarding and stuff. I think that's a 
I think that's happy days. Yeah. <laughs> Crappy days. <laughs> Pretty funny one. What a dork. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> This is. <laughs> this is one of those things where a bunch of rich people get together and ask for money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. This is from that movie where, like, you know, that white chick goes into the hood and teaches everybody how to get good grades. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they always have movies like that where there's this teacher and they're, like, all good and, like, everybody, like, stops being a gangster and then they get good grades and go to college. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, you know, she, like, makes a difference or something. <laughs> yeah, that's really stupid. <laughs> yeah. They should make a movie that's like, you know, realistic. Where it's like, you know, the teacher sucks. Nobody learns anything. Then in the end, it's like, you just be all stupid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would rule. It was like a prism to watch music videos through. And then there was like little short clips yeah, and then like, in like sketches, yeah. Yeah. And it was kind of that time when like, when a channel said it was music television, it was music television, you know? Right. So if you wanted to do a show, how are you going to incorporate the music videos, you know? We'll talk about it, but this film has a really good soundtrack, but there's none of that here. Just more on the history of Beavis and Butthead. The cultural sensation it became, Dan, you mentioned the Super Bowl halftime show. Just, they were in commercials. Everyone was quoting lines, if you remember. I had the Sega game, and it yeah, was I did one, have of the, the Sega game. one of the yeah. games I cheated at. I had the code. And the whole point the was to, go, to was go to Guar. Go to Guar concert. Yeah, yeah but I just Guar tickets. It was awesome. I was, like, catching rats. Yeah, in the behind the burger yeah. joint. Yeah. And, um... <laughs> But this is what it was like, you know, you got to think of it. It's like the proto South Park, the proto, you know, Rick and Morty, you know, like none of that would exist mm -hmm. if it wasn't for King of the Hill. Well, yeah, of course. I you mean, know, same brain. But... I think this is the first time where somebody said like adult aimed animation was a success. And I think it was just like, I guess you had on the cusp, like your mom's like a Gen Xer and she was like probably a little bit young. She had to be younger than us. My on this mom was not out. Gen X. She was, she was born when? In the 60s, so. Yeah, so she grew up in the 80s, her, her late 70s, early 80s. I mean, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah. Generation um, X is defined as born between 1961 and 1977. Oh, wow. Okay, so then, yeah, she is. Yeah, my mom is the same. Yeah, so, like, think people, like, from early 20s to, like, our age were watching this when it first came out. And I think, like, uh, you know, the fact that Beavis and Butthead are, they're cool enough for, like, Megadeth and Metallica and like Rob Zombie and all that cool stuff. But when it got to like the avant-garde crap of the 90s, they're like, what is this? Like they, they were still dim-witted enough not to understand it, which kind of, I don't know, maybe that sums up Gen X. Let <laughs> <laughs> I me, mean, you know, it got so big that Mike Judge was kind of like almost opposing it. Like it's not anything he really wanted at the time. Um, he, again, like you mentioned, he would go on to create King of the Hill, Office Space, Idiocracy, and all the way through to like Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley, yeah. You can trace jokes on Silicon Valley, which is a really intelligent show, to Beavis and Butthead. So he's got a really distinct brand of humor. Well, it's funny because like Mike Judge, I think before he did animation, wasn't he working on like fighter jet programs or something like that? Like, wasn't he building like algorithms for fighter jets or something like that for the Navy? Yeah, uh, he was a mechanical engineer. I know that. And like he, um, I know this from like Silicon Valley and stuff. Like he actually worked in Silicon Valley in like the either the early 90s or the late 80s. 
So <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Like, he's a very intelligent guy. And you could tell from this, are Beavis and Butthead intelligent themselves? No. But what's happening around them is pretty smart, believe it or not. Like, smarter than I even probably gave it credit for at the time, at least. Oh, like, the web film. woven is <laughs> fantastic. But I also think, like, you know, he's not an industry guy. You know what I mean? He wasn't Los Angeles or, like, New York like from the scene or from like, Mm -mm. you know, so he, he was this total outside perspective and really, I think that's where you get a really unique view on things from him. Like that's, that's all his stuff overall, I guess. But I think that's why with this and even going into King of the Hill, why the whole middle America thing plays so well with it. You know, it really does. And again, so this was a huge hit on MTV. They almost instantly wanted to market it and do more things with it. Uh, David Geffen when, you know, there was like a Viacom merger there and, you know, he was involved and he really wanted to make a movie of, the, of this. And Mike Judge was very reluctant. And originally, I don't know if you guys read this, but the idea was to make a live action movie. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be with David Spade and Chris Farley. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Or Adam Sandler. Like, there's multiple sources. David Spade was definitely going to be Beavis. Well, yeah. I mean. <laughs> I love David Spade, so. <laughs> That's it. Adam, San- Adam Sandler would have looked better as Butthead than Chris Farley. I believe, like, from reading the tea leaves on this, that, like, originally it was Adam Sandler, and then it was like, oh, David Spade and Chris Farley are doing so well making movies together. Maybe yeah. they should be the tandem. But that was eventually dropped, and it kind of took Mike Judge by surprise because they're like, actually, you kind of got to animate a movie for this. I think he was thinking of like writing a script and maybe directing, but being a little bit hands-off on that. And he was like, oh, shit. Like I've only done like shorts and barely episodes of things. Yeah, I, I got to take <laughs> 10 minutes because, you know, because figuring a half-hour show – you're really only doing 22 minutes and then plus, you know, well, yeah. And plus it wasn't like it was it was just jokes cartoon. about, it was mostly just jokes ripping on music videos. Yeah, yeah exactly. So so, like I never wrote like a full script before. <laughs> yeah. And this movie is really short when you think of, it might've been the shortest movie I've ever covered so far. We said that to each other right when we rewatched it. We got down to like, wow, that was like barely an hour and 20 minutes. Barely. Cause you have credits and you have like sequences too. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel for you, Mike Judge. So, obviously, MTV produced film, Geffen produced film, but quiz question. Can either of you guys name me the first film that went under the MTV Films banner? I have no idea. So obscure, but maybe if I say it, it'll it'll ring a bell. The film was Joe's Apartment. Oh my my god! God. I fucking love that movie. With the roaches. When I moved moved to Brooklyn, I was like walking around. uh, Welcome to Joe's. I mean, this obviously I don't live in Brooklyn anymore, so this was years ago. But I was looking for a job, and the whole time I just kept saying in my head, like, I'm basically in Joe's apartment right now. (laughs) My apartment did not have cockroaches, but. Big fan of that movie. They scattered when the lights went on, so I guess you didn't see them. But no, see, uh, I feel like Joe's apartment came out after this, or maybe I was no. just aware of it after this. And that's that's another movie I saw in the movie theaters. I definitely. I was like a big MTV kid, I guess. <laughs> Joe's apartment was the same year, but earlier in the year. Okay, that's why, like, it seems like that. <laughs> Jerry O'Connell, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, <laughs> so. In terms of this film, though, like it was a, a surprise hit, a shocking hit. And the thing is, Beavis and Butthead were so hot that it really didn't need any explanation. You know, people went because they liked the show. 
so on this podcast, I'll read the back of the DVD or the back of the VHS. So I looked up the back of the VHS for Beavis and Butthead, and it is by far the shortest back of a VHS <laughs> write-up that I've ever seen. I'm really here, curious what it says. Here it goes. When their TV is stolen, Beavis and Butthead hit the road in a hilarious film debut that proves what millions of fans already know, Beavis and Butthead rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta think it's like even like everything about this movie is simplistic like beavis and butthead themselves like there's not there's no real dialogue outside of just like you know the, the visual jokes and stuff like that they're barely characters in their own story you know because everything's happening to them not exactly. because of them mm-hmm. everything's happening around them and they're just literally along for the ride for most of the movie <laughs> It's going to be a little different because I usually go over the cast, but it's all a voice cast here, obviously. Mike Judge, director, creator, is Beavis Butthead, Tom Anderson, which is the old guy with the camper. The Hank proto Hill. Hank Hill. The proto Hank Hill, absolutely. I was like, wait a minute, what? I didn't remember like that this guy was so close to Hank Hill. They actually purposely don't, he says butane, not propane, because they, they, they wanted to, they like changed the line. Oh, because King wanted, of the Hill was out at this point. They wanted to yeah. like disassociate the two characters. Yeah. No, that makes so much sense, because I was like, what the hell? <laughs> he, he's also the hippie teacher who's Van Dresen, as he's credited. Oh, Van Dresen, yeah. Van Dresen, okay. Because like, also, I... when you're 10 years old and you snuck into this movie, Lesbian Seagull is the funniest <laughs> fucking song you've ever heard. It's on heard. the soundtrack. And here's a song that might help you cope with some of those feelings, okay? It's called Lesbian Seagull. She flies so gracefully over rocks, trees, and sand. Soaring over cliffs and gently floating down to land. She proudly lifts her voice to sound the mating call. And soon her mate responds by singing, Call, 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 come with me. Lesbian seagull Settle down and rest with me Fly high Lesbian seagull I owned this <laughs> Yes it is I got it from Columbia House for a penny <laughs> oh, Columbia House was great but like Such a, a scam Such a scam though Was it? I don't know Yeah they like roped you in It was like yeah get it you know, 25 CDs for a penny each. But then there was like a monthly subscription fee after that. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. I don't know. My dad paid it. So who cares? <laughs> no, but Lesbian Seagull, yeah. A lot of people had the soundtrack and like, yo, listen to this song. I think I heard the soundtrack before I watched the movie because I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, it was like rented at a friend's house or something. And again, that might have been, nah, I think I saw it like again in the the late 90s but i haven't seen it like this millennium so <laughs> this was this was interesting and the other character he plays at least credited as principal mcvicker bruce willis spelled yes it's muddy <laughs> yeah bruce yes. willis is muddy and demi moore's dallas and i think that's when they were married right yeah. yes yeah. they were married at the time so See, i didn't recognize bruce willis's voice but demi moore's voice is pretty distinct so yeah she kind of just like did her thing and bruce willis like tried to change it a little bit make it a little bit more gruff but once he realized it it's like oh okay i mean which is cool i'm happy that they're like oh we're married let's have some fun time and do this animated movie so good for them um 
Cloris Leachman plays the old woman on a plane and bus. Yeah, the slut she's, on the bus. She's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> she's great. And just Robert Stack plays Agent Fleming. And that's like the really the main oh, cast. Uncredited so... Richard Gere is Borg. Agent oh, really? Borg. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? I don't know, but he is. Like, why? I don't know why they asked him to. <laughs> like, hey, you want to do this uncredited role? Sure. Let's save to bet. So, I mean, let's get into it. There's not much more background on this film. They kind of just did it, you know? They did America. So, <laughs> what do you want to talk about when it comes to, like, the early scenes of this film? Well, let's just say how relevant it is to watch it in our quarantine situation and the fact that it happens to do with very ignorant people possibly spreading a virus they don't even know they have. <laughs> and the whole time, he's just asking for TP for his bunk. How crazy we, we could all use TV for our bungholes. I mean, this could not be a more perfect movie to do right now. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I was like, oh my God. And honestly, I've done a couple of movies, not just for this this podcast, but also for some other podcasts. And surprisingly, a lot of films have like disease or biological warfare side plots. I was like confused. But uh, this was interesting. <laughs> I didn't remember this part of the film. I remembered this film as like, more like bits, if that makes sense, rather than the long well, plot line. That's kind of how it is. It's a couple good jokes strung together with storyline in between. You know, he wrote the jokes first and then figured out how to like connect them, I think. You know what? The show is like that, too. So I guess it's not that different. So we open with that like kind of monster movie scene. And I definitely remembered this. That definitely seems like a, uh, again, like it, it might have even a, been a bit for the show. And it's like, oh, fuck it. Let's use it to open this movie. What do you guys think of that? That's when they're like huge. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just like, what did I think of it? <laughs> I think I had the, uh, that butthead experience just watching it and just accepting it for what it is. <laughs> Giant cartoon crotches in your face. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> their units were in our face. <laughs> so I read a lot of like reviews of this film, and it was. Are really... there a lot of reviews of this film? Who knew? Yeah, no, believe it or not, and you know it was reviewed well, but we'll talk about that later. But most of the reviews were like. I loved this film, and I don't even know why. It's so dumb, and yet it was amazing. You know, I want to say we've watched it several times, probably in the last five years, six yeah, years. Like we've watched it times, definitely yeah. two or three. I, it's one of those movies we just keep watching, and we laugh every time we watch it. Because <laughs> I think it's. But we love stupid humor. Yeah, it's why almost it like someone's parents. I think I've said it before, <laughs> like on the show, where it's like Louis C.K. had that great quote where like. You don't have to be smart to laugh at a fart joke, but you have to be stupid not to. <laughs> and it's just a ridiculous storyline. And it's it's so lowbrow, it's highbrow. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because it's definitely not highbrow. But No, it's, it's not like, highbrow, but it's intelligent. Like it yes. makes sense. It's not just like things put together on the screen. Because how many times, whether it's animated or not, have we seen TV show spin-off movies just be terrible? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why this is not, you know, because we can't really go scene by scene here. We can pick our favorite moments, but like to talk about the plot is so dumb in this film. We can finish like talking about the plot in probably a minute. That's probably why, you know, like the back of the VHS doesn't say much. And it's not that it doesn't have a plot. The plot is not what makes this movie funny or enjoyable even. No, it's just like, like you said, it's like a lot of the one time like visual gags and like... <laughs> You know, just him yelling at a woman, like trying to, like trying to yelling at the old woman. Like, 
No, I said I poop too much. I poop too much. <laughs> and then I get tired. It's hilarious. Like, it's just, that's like my favorite line. <laughs> that and you realize how lax 90s airlines must have been with security. Yeah, that's what I said. I was like, you can't even know their friggin' names. And they were just able to get on a plane? Like, what? What? Yeah, they didn't ask him for ID. Just these two, you know, they're supposed to be like, what, 14 or 15? <laughs> where are their parents? Well, like, we know where the dads are, but yeah, we find where, the dads like, in this movie. Where are the moms? Don't I they go know. into that? Don't they go into that in like a later episode? Do they? For some reason, I thought there was like a an episode that talks about it, and I can't remember why. I know Mike Mike Judge when he was creating this series, he, his kind of social experiment was like, what if idiot kids just had no parental guidance and we just watched what they would do, like what would happen? So that's why, like, I think there was never a focus on the kids so much. But in the show, you got to see a lot of more people from like highland and highland high school well, i so remember you the- gotta remember like Beavis and butthead are the white trash trailer park kind of kids even though they're not in a trailer park but it's like you know dario comes from a very rich well-to-do family you know and she's just like the moral black sheep well even like stewart was like a yeah like oh, a yeah. better family yeah but it's like you know Beavis and butthead are obviously poor they don't have their parents i think that was to me i thought i interpreted it as mike judge comment on like Gen Xers and like, you know, the, the youth of that day, it's like, they were the first generation to be raised by TV, you know? Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. like, I thought it was like a comment on that. Once parents figured out like, Oh, I can just drop my kid in front of this. And it's the same thing. As, <laughs> you know, it's like, what if we just took that to the extreme? Again, you guys are expecting parents. So take notes right now. Oh no, no. This kid is being babysat by the TV. If it calms him <laughs> down and it gives him, it gives me time to sleep a little bit. Yeah. We'll take that hit. <laughs> I kind of see our kid being like a combination of like, Joe Exotic and like Joe Dirt. <laughs> I hope not the meth <laughs> or the, the criminal record. But the mullet for sure. Definitely a mullet. He definitely definitely like some explosives or firecrackers. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I mean, just going wait. back from what we used to pull off. <laughs> One of the earlier things that I wrote down was that uh, kind of 70s Beavis and Butthead intro song i'm assuming that was on the soundtrack as well like the whole 70s fan. cop theme intro yeah, yeah. Like, the whole like, yeah, like the shaft like knockoff yeah the is, black exploitation thing yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great and then, i love it that and then when they first get to vegas oh, and then when they get to vegas and they're just like punch dancing in front of like the funk band before <laughs> like i love that it's great yeah roller coaster of love like this is a roller coaster of love. <laughs> again even though this did not have like traditional music videos in it they clearly focused heavily on the soundtrack because they you, knew you couldn't MTV. do and butthead without music period exactly you know, exactly that's why you have the whole rob zombie peyote scene which, <laughs> like that whole scene like i don't know i love that scene like from an artistic standpoint like the animation and like the the style of drawings like the rat thing creatures and all that like real uh like hot rod heavy metal type cartoon like i thought that i love that like just Aesthetically, I thought that was like amazing. Yeah, no, um, the animation in this is well. Let me ask you, like, how do you compare it to the TV show? I remember even South Park the movie, but I'll go back to even like Rugrats the movie. Like, usually when they transition to cinema, they kind of use a different kind of animation. Yeah, there's like an you know what I'm quality or yeah, you're absolutely right. Like the the movie Rugrats are not the same as the TV Rugrats. No, but the, but even South Park was like that. Well, yeah, because it's even like now it's like new South Park versus like classic South Park. 
it's almost hard to watch because it's like that animation so you know because now everything is meant to look like a paper cutout but a computer rendition mm-hmm, of a paper cutout and it's much smoother and with these guys it's pretty much the same you know it's not yeah. that different like this is still hand-drawn animation it's not that different from it's like they said hey guys we're just gonna do six episodes in one shot you know versus <laughs> like you know one a week you know so you know you talk about that uh, rob zombie uh desert scene even though that was like so much more um detailed it didn't feel like I was, as you're saying, like there wasn't an up quality to it. It was just like. Well, that was a, like just straight up pretty much like I feel like a quality sick video. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. And and I like that about this. I feel like it did not betray the fans in that sense that, I mean, sometimes it's insulting. Like, oh, I went to go see the movie and it was just like a long episode. But right. it's not here. Like, it's not insulting in that kind of way. These guys built a, I say these guys, Beavis and Butthead, like they built a fan base based on like their idiocy and what they do. If they suddenly made this like sophisticated movie or if you were watching it and you felt like the characters were at all different from the TV show, I think the fans wouldn't have been as happy with it. Well, I think what it is, it's like you're almost praising or rooting for their apathy because you just love how, I mean, even in the show, from the show to the movie, like, all around what's happening is a very intricate plot twist between a criminal couple on the rocks that stole a virus from a military base. And now the CIA and ATF are in this nationwide manhunt. And it's a very intricate plot on that sense. And what's driving everyone crazy is two kids looking for a TV. So they can just <laughs> go back to watching videos, music videos. And, and, and they I give a shit about none score. of it. Yeah, it's yeah, about score. Okay, I either want to watch TV or I want to score. That's it. You know, it's which is the the most 15 year old thing I could think of. <laughs> I want to watch my music videos unless it's sex. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the whole score thing, one of the things I wrote that I really liked about this film is that. Okay, just backtrack. When I do this podcast, so many movies are kind of made slightly crappier by, like, just inventing a love storyline. Oh, yeah. They didn't create, like, oh, this is the perfect woman for Butthead or this is the perfect woman for Beavis. No, because it does not matter. Exactly. (laughs) Every woman that comes into the picture frame is just – and I guess that's a comment, too. It's like – but yeah, they're just strictly objects. <laughs> you know, every woman in this, like even the old lady, like I'm just looking for sluts. I'm just looking for sluts. <laughs> doesn't matter who, you know, it's that any port in a storm mentality. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you could have gone that route, right? You could have gone like, let's make just like the girl versions of Beavis and Butthead and they get together with them, but like some I- idiot way and it happens. But the fact that they don't get the girls in this film and they're kind of not kind of they're literally back at square one at the end of this i think that makes it so much better (laughs) oh yeah no it's it's like an (laughs) anti-story you know there there's a there's a beginning and a middle but i mean there's no resolution for them (laughs) and they didn't learn anything you know there's literally no redeeming quality like their story arc and it's great (laughs) It breaks all the rules. <laughs> yeah, they're not better people because of it, you know? Yeah, no, they don't even, like, learn about America or anything. They have no idea where they are 90% of the time. Yeah, they're the Grand Canyon looking for Washington. <laughs> I actually, I love when they're at the, the place with the geysers, though, and they're just, like, coming. Oh, that is, that I, is so that's great. my favorite scene. <laughs> like, the guy's talking, like, you know, it's Old Faithful. It can shoot water 200 feet into the air. And they're, like, not even that they're just like, so? 
<laughs> I was like, well, because it's supposed to be really impressive, and this guy's trying really hard. He's, and he's, he's like, well, you know, it's a hundred million. He's like, he's like, that's not even that high. <laughs> and they just walk away, and again, just like ignorance just pisses people off, and it's great. And oh I feel, my god. Uh, I feel like that's a little bit high school us, where you just say something knowingly to get under somebody's skin, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, so big deal. <laughs> like, uh, Oh my god, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if it's like art imitating life or life imitating art, but you definitely saw, I guess more for us, like, see, saw middle school kids, unfortunately, emulate these guys, like, so much. Well, wasn't there a rumor that, like, the five-year-old kid, like, set his trailer on fire or something like that because of this and killed his sister? What? Oh my god, really? There, there was, like, a whole thing, not because of the movie, or maybe, uh, but he was in in general. Like, I don't know, remember fire, that fire. conspiracy. Fire. I think it got proven, like, false. Oh, I looked it up. I looked it up, yeah. 1993. Cartoon yeah, a... on MTV blamed for fire. You're absolutely yeah. right, Dan. <laughs> I don't remember and the, that. And, like, the five-year-old kid said like, he was yeah, imitating Beavis. in 1993. A small... Okay, yeah, I got it. And apparently it was a rumor, but in reality, there was no cable hookup in the trailer. So he couldn't have been watching it, at least in in the home. So oh, wow. it's up for debate. i mean whenever there's these like hot shows that are like taboo something like that always happens oh even the same thing with like musical but i was gonna say how perfect for that you know go back to like uh twisted sister and d snyder defending it in front of tipper gore and what a great accoutrement (laughs) to, to having your your rock and roll stupid comedy cartoon follow suit with the same claim you know that like you're corrupting the youth and (laughs) <laughs> I think that's just very fitting. So I want to segue to another character I did not mention earlier um, when I was saying like the cast and such. And that is a... Uh... The Unsolved Mysteries guy? <laughs> no, no, that's cool though. That That is Cornholio. I order you to surrender your teepee. Yes, because Cornholio is decidedly a separate character from Beavis. Do you guys remember just, again, the cultural impact of... Something this stupid as Cornholio. Oh, yeah. Running around, yep. running around. Absolutely. Like I said, this this was definitely more middle school for us, I feel like. Yeah, but yeah. running around, yeah, everybody put their shirt over their head. Hey, Cornholio, <laughs> I need TV for my mouth hole. Cornholio, like, <laughs> are you threatening me? <laughs> like, everybody did it. <laughs> Everyone was doing I this. I feel like we still, we still, we still kind of do, do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. At thing. least in our house. Yeah. <laughs> Guys love when Butthead runs into Chelsea Clinton. He's like, I know oh, yeah. racist. I have braces too. <laughs> I mean, we're bouncing around, so we might as well talk yeah. about it. Yeah, so, but again, go, going back to every woman, the president's daughter is objectified as a sex as a sex icon to this you know, that's how that's the mentality of it. I love it. To them, yeah, to them. I don't know if you read this, but they animated an alternate scene where she's like packing her bags just in case Bob Dole won the election that year. <laughs> but I think it got released actually before the election, something like that. So they kept it in, and again, Bob Dole. Like, I think she's like folding laundry or something. So kind of. Yeah, so they—that's what they did. They made it easy that in case it was released after the election, <laughs> and and Bob Dole won, that they could just animate a suitcase in there, and like that would be the end joke instead. Right, right. So, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. It, it's because, funny. you know, factual continuity is so important. <laughs> but they love that. Like, Mike Judge loves that. Even, like, the South Park guys love that. Like, they love True. being able to be like, oh, that just happened last week. How did that happen? Obviously, The Simpsons predicts things, like, 
years and years in advance. Like that's like, I don't know. It's like an animator's dream to, to do stuff like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's easier, you know, to like last minute draw in a suitcase than it is to get everyone back and film something new. Well, that's what I know with South Park because they wait, they get the basic story for an episode and all that. I don't know if they still do it, but for a while they would hold off finalizing a project until like the week it was supposed to air. Because if anything happened in the meantime, they wanted to jump right on it and like somehow work it into the or show. Or they just do both. I remember one season, like they really wanted to show people that, and they kept like saying the Broncos record, <laughs> like in, in a couple episodes, yeah. and it was like accurate to like like a couple days before. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I said, you know, we're bouncing around here. Just, I want to talk about the high school briefly because we don't get to see it too much here, Highland High School. But we do get that hippie teacher. Um, I, he was always, even back as a kid, my favorite character. He was my surprise. I mean, I'm not like I don't feel like I'm like him or anything. Like no, that. no, nothing like that. But like... <laughs> he's just so like dumb and because no, so... you would you would pick the most like ancillary character. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like I liked him before everybody else. Before you know, I liked it before it was cool. That's you're pulling. Oh, come that, on, right? he's <laughs> great. he's great. You've never seen people like this in your life, you know? Oh, just, of course. <laughs> Like, even though Beavis and Butthead, let's face it, they're lost causes, this teacher, like, just thinks he can, through love and understanding, can really, like, make them learn and rehabilitate them. You know, this could be a really positive experience for you guys. There's a wonderful and exciting world out there when we discover that we don't need TV to entertain us. <laughs> he thought, ain't enough. Have you guys heard a word I've said? Uh, yeah. Enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I heard it too. Look, guys, just take the TV back to the AV room right now and try to be a little more open to life experiences, okay? Well, what I think, I think you did. That's okay. That was one of my favorite jokes, too. And he's like, we don't need TV to entertain us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And all they got from that is, you just said anus. And they had to like, say, get entertain <laughs> us. Anus! <laughs> but like, I think they did kind of set almost like a, uh, an archetype character with that teacher. As far as like the overly liberal, like hippie teacher. <laughs> and I mean, because even up to like, look at, like, I don't know if you watch Bob Bob's Burgers. But like, even look at like Mr. Frond, like their guidance counselor is like the modern version. Of yeah, that. oh yeah. I that never, is true. Actually... If if you want to talk cartoons, I'm the guy to. <laughs> I have vast hours he of research put into that. There are not too many cartoon high school movies. Very small amount, but this is again, you're on the first one, so consider yourself. Well, when we move on to High School Slumber Party TV edition, we can talk about like Clone High and stuff like that. Oh, I love Clone High. <laughs> Clone High is again one of my favorite shows of all time. I wish there was a second season. Does Mission Hill count as high school? I don't know. I'd have to check. The younger brother is in there. That was a good show too. It it's hard to say. Like you know, I don't count something where it's just like one of the siblings is in high school. Right. Like I'm detracting you too much. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're doing. Like, this is not a long movie, so I don't expect this to be a long movie. Well, I episode. think that's the point. To go, to go on our the fact that we are jumping around, this movie is designed for a generation that they didn't believe had an attention span. Because we don't. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> oh, this, fact. Yeah, we, you're talking to a generation raised by TV, and look, they can't stay on one topic for more than 10 minutes. 
I think we'd be doing everyone out there a disservice if we took a really analytical approach to this film and talked about symbolism and things and stuff because like that is not the intention of what this is. <laughs> uh, we mentioned the old lady already, right? I mean, she's great. Like she's just great. Like it just keeps popping up and well, the, she's like the blissfully ignorant. You know, she's. Like totally whitewashed everything, has no idea what's really <laughs> what is she going called? on. Travis, I think is Yeah, is, like is, Travis and Travis Bob. and Boothead. <laughs> my last name's Head. <laughs> what's your yeah. last name? My Head. first name's Butt. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole like slots, sluts back and forth is just gold. <laughs> well it's just again, it's a simple joke that it's one of those times where it's like if you just say it enough, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> like they just say it more and louder <laughs> until he's just like screaming slots slots <laughs> like, and, and that that itself is the joke but i mean just screaming i poop too much <laughs> no no i poop too much sorry it's just funny poop is hilarious <laughs> say that after we have this kid and it's everywhere yeah <laughs> But she also, like, reminded me of something that I think happens a lot in real life. People just, I don't want to say choose to be ignorant, but kind of, right? Like, I don't know if she was choosing, but I watch Impractical Jokers a lot. And you're surprised at, like, some of the some of the things these guys make other people do that, like, on paper, like, no one would say that. But when you're in, like, a public situation, you kind of just go with the flow. Because you don't want to cause a scene. <laughs> yeah, and you just kind of, like, go to this default. Like, you're not necessarily, like, scared. You're just, like... No, but you're humoring somebody just to kind of... Also... <laughs> and she was definitely drugged up. Yeah, well, she had I mean, yeah, okay. she had her purse full of pills. Maybe her. I mean, he's on but, uppers. <laughs> but I think there are a lot of other, like, side characters or people These who just... perk you right up! <laughs> or people who just pass through Be- Beavis and Butthead's life that kind of treat them more like that, you know? If you're just popping in, it, it, it kind of is what it is, right? <laughs> Someone who's not like that, though, is like the... What's his name? Again, the fucking King of the Hill guy with, with the trailer. Anderson? Oh, yeah. A- I just Anderson. Know, yeah. Mr. It's Anderson. It's funny because we have it on our TV on mute right now, and he's actually who's on the screen as you said that. <laughs> yeah, they're going through the ATF checkpoint. <laughs> <laughs> but just like, you know, what do they say? Like, you know, that they've been jerking off in his trailer. <laughs> Whacking off in my camera. Whacking off. <laughs> you know, but they're so like middle America innocent. But uh, like, his whole thing, his whole speech uh, about uh, Eisenhower. Oh, where are you, Dwight? This country really lost its way. Like you're like this big moral I'm thing. I'm a veteran. <laughs> and he just yeah, gets... a veteran of two foreign wars. Like <laughs> that's like almost like pre. Again, they're not like technically boomers, but like he's not technically a boomer. But it's almost like pre. I don't want to say pre because people have been doing it for generations, right? Like mocking <laughs> the generation previous to yeah, them. Yeah. And this is in the smallest ways. Like, I was going to mention that that whole Eisenhower thing and just this like wonderful older couple i guess they're just going on this road trip and he's like you know it's been our live stream to see the country kind of thing and keep yeah, running into catch them. a break like, every... <laughs> yeah you're, you're across the country and the two idiot kids from down the street somehow are, ru- running into yeah, are ruining your vacation from two thousand miles away oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so i really did um you know love the two of them but someone i really loved too was just again the whole atf gang but like the main guy and he always wants it to give everyone a full cavity search yeah I'm unsolved convinced. mysteries 
in so many movies that we watch, I'm like, oh, that's the voice from Beavis and Butthead. And then I have to IMDb it, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's got the perfect voice, so it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, if the government as a whole, like, the idea of government had a voice, it is his voice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and that full cavity search thing stuck with me as a kid that was like one of the things i remembered so much i used oh, to think about it. yeah i mean to i used think to think about full cavity searches oh in depth well <laughs> literally clearly in literally depth. <laughs> no i used to be like in airports thinking like oh my god are they giving this guy a full cavity search i hope not <laughs> oh man again you have even like quote-unquote intelligent people in this movie kind of acting like idiots too but well even just like Don't right away a sentence with a proposition yeah, yeah. But I, I love, I love, and because I feel like you draw his character almost like a, a caricature of what you see of the FBI in like Mindhunters, you know, and it, it, again, if yeah. you watch, you know, yeah, like no. that, and the second they go into the high school and they see like the hippie teacher and he's, <laughs> he's just like, that's what I expect from you, commie Joe liberal and just <laughs> gun butts him right in the gut. <laughs> and then in the back, the other, the other ATF agent is purposely smashing the guitar and stuff like this. <laughs> throwback mccarthyism <laughs> uh, it's almost like what you picture a government man thinking right you know, like like right. that like the people who take these jobs and advance in these jobs would feel that way they might not do that to a freaking like teacher but they want to do that yeah it's this like... is this is like the, like their personification of like the devil on the shoulder or like their conscious <laughs> their version of jiminy cricket <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's so true so we, we briefly touched on them, but we didn't really talk about like boobs. boobs. Yes, we did talk about boobs. So we can get into that now if you want. <laughs> we didn't talk about Muddy and Dallas. You know, it was cool to have like, again, very much A-listers at the time. Oh, totally. Uh, like peak what, A-lister at the time. <laughs> what do you think of? Talk, dude. G.I. <laughs> Jane. G.I. Jane. What do you think of uh, their whole dynamic throughout the film? Muddy's great. <laughs> Drinking heavily, driving the freaking car. He drives through a checkpoint lit. <laughs> like, and he nobody... has the whiskey bottle in there, and the ATF's like looking at him. Oh, he's hiding out in the desert. Okay, let me just make that this makes turn me feel into this safe. Desert. Yeah, and then just turns right into the desert. It's like that's not suspicious. <laughs> Shitty checkpoint. But I feel like, like you could still have this movie plot without Beavis and Butthead. You know, you could just watch the movie oh, yeah. about like Muddy and Dallas and the and the government like crackdown, like chasing them. And I feel like a little bit they're supposed to be kind of cliche, like, you know, modern day Bonnie and Clyde type, but it's all interrupted by these like dumbass kids and it's great. <laughs> He's so drunk he doesn't realize like, you know, say you're hiring a hitman to kill your wife and they send in two 14 year olds. It's like, all right, well, that's good enough. It's like, he, he said you were young. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably around the same time as the Sixth Sense, too. So, like, Bruce, Bruce Willis was No, busy. no, Sixth Sense is way after this. Oh, was it? Sixth I mean, Sense he was, was like 2000. Oh. He was doing Ish. a bunch of stuff then, though. Let's see. Bruce Willis, 1996. I know, like, one of the notes was that Demi Moore was in The Hunchback of Notre Dame the same year. So she did two very different animated films. You're telling me The Hunchback and, like, the Disney one? Yeah. That was 96? Apparently. I thought that was way later. No, no, I know it was around that time. I, I didn't know, like, exactly what year, though. Bruce Willis, his 96 wasn't that crazy. He just did Last Man Standing. But 94. Yeah, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know either. That's why. But 95, he did Die Hard with a Vengeance, 12 Monkeys. Mm -hmm. 12 Monkeys was great. And then 97, he would do The Fifth Element the ja and The Jackal. So 
the Jackal. Fifth Element is still one of the best original sci-fis like out there. Yeah, no, Fifth Element's great. I'm surprised they never did a sequel. The Sixth Element? <laughs> yeah, the Sixth Element. No, <laughs> no, but I thought they were great because they. It was like kind of the stereotypical husband and wife, you know, couple. Yeah, it's it's extenuated version of like you know I hate my wife humor, like typical <laughs> dad type. <laughs> Not dad, but you know, like we've been married so long and. <laughs> I cracked up when uh, she she seduces Mud. Is that the name? Muddy. 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 Yeah. yeah. She seduces Muddy towards the end, and they like get in the car, and then when they get arrested, she, she just sells him out. Really. Good. Yeah. He's like, "Well, we're getting back together," and it's like, "Yeah, no, he did it." Yeah. <laughs> Which is the most like believable thing. <laughs> I feel like just in general. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't do that to you, though. No, no, not husband and wife thing, but no honor among thieves. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe. Who knows? If you guys get in that situation, let me know what you guys end up doing. So, <laughs> oh, we we have our uh, our contingency out. plans of what we do when the when the law comes down. <laughs> <laughs> don't incriminate yourself on this podcast. No. I I don't want to be no, called no. to the witness stand. First call to your lawyer, not your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. And then you guys mentioned these two before, but. I think it was like a real holy shit moment at the time when we actually got to meet their parents. I mean, their fathers. <laughs> what are they like? Former Motley Crue. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh wait, who was the one dad? What was who was his voice? Yeah, David Letterman did yeah. one of the voices like uncredited. Oh, wow, that makes sense. That's so funny. Like, and I love just like you know how much of a like a bitch Beavis is. Like you see, it's just. It's not only their father, it's their relationship. It's Beavis and Butthead's <laughs> relationship just in the future. Hey, one of you bastards got a match? Uh, yeah. My butt and your, uh, butt. <laughs> 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 you were a roadie for Motley Crew? Yep. <laughs> Fire. Uh, here's another true story. About 15 years ago, we stopped in this uh, toilet uh, called Highland. Really? That's where we're from. Well,. And you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, here's a story. I scored with these two chicks. True story. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you scored with two chicks? Yeah, they were sluts. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, dumbass. You didn't score. I scored with both of them. Uh, do you think these two sluts still live in Highland? <laughs> that would be cool. <laughs> it's the same thing like simple thing i just love the way the smacks are animated in this movie <laughs> like the sound of like the. it's great sound effect <laughs> it's, it's yeah. just so because it's not like a funny smack it's like you can it like hurts you can tell it yeah hurts. and <laughs> so twitchy and like <laughs> and i love too like how kind of out of shape they are as well like it shows that they pretty much live the same exact life except that at least they had a job at one point. <laughs> or that, like, Butthead's dad is claiming he had sex with both the women. Yeah, and clearly he didn't because you have Beavis, but... <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, 
Butthead's almost connecting some dots, but not really. And that neither of them can, like, put this together. Yeah, they, they can't cross the line there. It's like... <laughs> the wheels turn. Well, that's but... where we're from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They even say, that. oh, yeah, we're, that's where we're from. Because <laughs> that would be too much, like, if they had, like... It would be too self-aware. Like... Yeah, exactly. Too self-aware if they had a moment like that. <laughs> and then, of course, like we talked about it, there's the big DC ending with a standoff. And one of my favorite lines, though, during the standoff, I think it's Butthead, like, he thinks it's so cool when all the guns are pointed at him. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, when you're a teenager, it's like, oh, awesome. <laughs> but even just like... Can I get one? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but even like the whole, just even this, like the whole, give us the unit. It's like, you want to see my yeah. unit? <laughs> like, which if you think about it, saying that as a 15-year-old to the, the FBI and the ATF all pointing guns at you, that's fucking hilariously balls. <laughs> you know? <laughs> But they're just so unaware of the magnitude of most of the situations that they're in that, yeah, I mean, it makes so much sense. Like, it doesn't, it, it's stupid, but it doesn't seem silly if that makes sense. Right, I don't know. Right. I don't know how that makes sense, but it does in my head. <laughs> Stupidity is believable. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. Like... There's rules to this world, and the rules are that Beavis and Butthead are these guys, no matter what situation they're put in. And we really see it come through. Um, any other things you want to mention in the film that we maybe skipped over or didn't yeah. talk about? Beavis's meltdown on the bus, which is meant to be like the inspiring oh, speech. Oh, yeah. And like the, the music comes up and and like <laughs> he just gets his ass kicked. Like, sit the fuck down. <laughs> like, tackle him. Bus drivers just all like, you think this big thing is going to happen and they're going to get all their shit together. And then he just gets laid the fuck out. And it's great. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. What's going on? Why are we getting back on the bus? It's time to go, son. We can't leave. We never met that chick. Damn it. We were supposed to get some. Settle down, Beavis. No, I won't settle down. Not this time. Damn it, this always happens. I think I'm going to score, and then I never score. It's not fair. We've traveled a, um, um, a, a hundred miles because we thought we were going to score. But now it's not going to happen. Damn it. Hey, buddy, sit down. Shut up, asswipe. I'm sick and tired of this. We're never going to score. It's just not gonna happen. We're just gonna get old like these people, but they've probably scored. Hey, I'm warning you, sit down! It's like this chick's a slut. And look at this guy, he's old, but he's probably scored a million times. Oh yeah. But not us, we're never gonna score. We're never gonna score. We're never gonna All score. All right, that's it, nut nuts. It's so perfect because they could have totally done like a... Yeah, they could have redeemed themselves and like picked up and it's like, it's like no, they're just gonna get buried it's because there's no growth can be allowed to happen these characters and i love it i I was gonna say it wasn't like a it wasn't like a surprise like uh like a silent bob moment where he just like suddenly has all this insight and goes back to being who he is like they could have done that like beavis is suddenly yeah like the uh like the savant all of a sudden you know no it's not like that and i love how it's not it's not a deep speech you know they they added this like meaningful no music and all that (laughs) You gotta talk about how frustrated is that he can't get laid. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's just if that music wasn't there, it would just be more dialogue. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they, made, they made this like really like angsty puberty, <laughs> like hormone filled like, like just <laughs> outburst. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that, but that was a great scene as well. Anything else? Because I think we hit up. All the scenes pretty much in this film, one way or another. All right, I'll preface with this. 
is that Beavis and Butthead came out in 96 and National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation came out in 97. And I know this because I looked it up afterwards because I'm convinced National Lampoon's ripped off this movie because when they get to the Hoover Dam and they make all like, is this a goddamn? <laughs> like, you know, that whole bit <laughs> was pretty much directly lifted and also in the National Lampoon in the Vegas Vacation movie. Honestly, when I watch this, I'm like, oh, this reminds me so much of Vegas Vacation. I wonder which was first. So I'm glad you looked that up because that's Yeah, because it bothered me. I'm like, I bet you this was first. And if you've been to the Hoover Dam, that's like the same exact tour that they're on. Um, you know, just like the general tour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> master, master state, masturbation. <laughs> like everything just turns to. And I love that they're in the, the security room and it's all these TVs and they're finally, like, oh, yeah, TV. And it's like, ha. Huh every show is just water <laughs> like, too, like like i love just the dense like ah, oh, i love it <laughs> yeah the fact that again they can't get tv is just an amazing like through line like with the remote that's like attached to the dresser and like that's kind of the reason they can't watch tv there <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just great anything else or is that a goddamn <laughs> we did we actually must have just missed it. Were you not paying attention to your own conversation? We just discussed it. <laughs> I was watching it. I was watching it. On mute. Ironically distracted by the same film we're talking about. <laughs> Again, going back to no attention span. No attention span of being babysat by the TV. Also, I'll bring up how easy it is for Beavis to pull out the cornholio thing and just be completely, because he's all jazzed up on coffee and sugar cubes, and he's just <laughs> being erratic and totally, like, just in the, in the White, White House. House, which is free range to go through any door. <laughs> like, nobody's, like... Nobody's talking about, like, dictator. Who are all the people, like, that... With, like, the... They're just, like, various world leaders. They walk yeah. Yeah, all the world leaders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to interpret, like, what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's great. So there was supposed to be a sequel to this in 99, but they scrapped it because I think by 99, that it wasn't really the Beavis and Butthead. No, it was a very, anymore. yeah, that's the thing. It, it had its CRL was in Yeah, I mean, MTV wasn't what it was at that point. Already. It was very different. It was still, like, going strong, but it just was No, no, different. it was very different. No, it was like TRL yeah. in the real world. Because arguably it was MTV's... Fanatic. That was MTV's probably heyday, you know, as far as... Um, revenue and all that shit like that was what like you said like trl and say what karaoke and like the MTV whole spring, spring break the whole spring break thing. that's spring like, break i was thinking about that really the put day. them like over the top to you know that's when they started bringing in like reality shows and all that and so and then it yeah a it's not different animal absolutely absolutely <laughs> um okay so since you guys have been on i think i've been giving out some different awards so i'll walk you oh, guys congratulations through. on the hundredth episode thank you thank you you know we're we're in the new the new hundo right now and you know we're going strong so appreciate the thank you some of these awards aren't gonna make sense well maybe we'll see but this is an animated film so it kind of has different rules but the first award um i give out is the wooderson award or the wooderson spicoli award but Famously in Dazed and Confused, Matthew McConaughey plays Wooderson, and he was only supposed to be in the movie for like one or two scenes, but he did such a great job on set and became like such an interesting character that the director expanded his character and put him in the film more. Obviously, that really can't happen in an animated film like traditionally like that, but my question is, is there anyone who you would have liked to see more of in this film? Daria? <laughs> I mean, I, knowing what she is. Well, she's in it. Like in the classroom, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have a line, but 
She's uh, there. She, she is there. I'll vote. I'll vote for that scene. I would see because that would like the interesting thing would be her watching the news with all this shit happening, and like seeing Beavis and Butthead there and her commentary on that. That would be really interesting. <laughs> yeah, actually, I would have. That's a good one. I would have liked to see more Daria in this film. I would have liked to see whether it be just a cameo or just some kind of through line. That's a really good one. I like it. <laughs> Okay, so uh, Long Duck Dong Award is, you know, Long Duck Dong was a racistly Asian character in 16 Candles. Um, but the, the award is for character whose omission in the film would make it better. So is there anyone you would delete or, I guess, erase from the film? That's a tough one. I don't think there is. No. Well, yeah, was there any, like, storyline where you felt like, okay, I don't really care about this? You know, like we said, it's, a, it's a really short, so it's, you're not seeing too much of one person anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, I mean, it would kind of fall apart, I guess, if you took... I mean, you could get rid of the principal and nobody would care, but, like, you missed the... But then how would they get expelled twice? You know, it's like, you would just miss the sight gag of, like, those jokes spanked. and then him getting spanked by the dominatrix and like, stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's not necessarily the story, but you're going to miss some stupid jokes. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like that's something you can really control in an animated film rather than a you know, a narrative film where, cause it might be that you wrote this great character and just the actor is not like, up right. to snuff. or somebody, you know, you're not getting ad libbed stuff. Yeah. Like an animated, <laughs> at least not to like what you would get, like you said, as far as with a set and an actor or even the opposite, right? Like just back to like McConaughey, like he did such a good job there, but how is that going to happen in an animated film? Right. No. Right. It's not like, <laughs> Oh, I was just casually drawing these brains <laughs> <laughs> um and this one definitely doesn't apply but i name it anyway it's the cameron fry award and ferris bueller's day off uh cameron alan ruck was played cameron and he was 30 years old playing a high schooler um is and so i usually ask was there anyone who looked too old to be in high school and you guys know we've seen plenty of films where like why is that dude have a five o'clock shadow but he's in high school but again if you're animating here, it doesn't really make sense. So we'll pass on that one. Isn't it weird how comfortable Beavis and Butthead are, like, just jerking off together in this guy's camper? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're close. Maybe, you know, as adults, they get together. Maybe that's the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Rotten Tomato, surprisingly, pretty high scores. 72% by the critics. 69% by the audience, appropriately. Yes, I think, I think that's a purposeful tally. <laughs> I think somebody said, stop, don't go there anymore. 69. <laughs> but, of course, on High School Slumber Party, we grade things from an A-plus to an F report card scale. So, each of you, what will you grade Beavis and Butthead to America? I guess I would give it a... I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. A B? You watch this movie like every a couple B? months and you're just giving it a B? Wow. A B, B for, for your bunghole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. good, good timing. How about you, Dan? I give it an A. I think it's uh, exactly what it set out to do. And I I think it's a good thing that they didn't, you know, they didn't try to do any more as far as like sequels or anything like that. You know, it's one of those things that's like, you have to be smart to write something this stupid. <laughs> 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 and, yeah, it's 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 a Mike Judge comedy. It's it's gonna hit its mark every time. I think at the time, a lot of people saw Beavis and Butthead, and especially people who were maybe not watching, saw on the periphery. I kind of mean, whether it's people in government or even teachers or like authority figures, if you will, and they're like, "This is dumb. This is poisoning our youth." Yeah, and that's exactly what it was kind of like meant to. 
You know what I mean? Because like, that's even what this is joking on through the whole. Yeah. It's it's like, oh, this is going to ruin America. And here they are potentially <laughs> about to destroy America with a virus. And they're too stupid. To, you know, it's, it's exactly what like because you're assuming, again, we're going back to like Gen Xers and stuff like that. So you're assuming their parents grew up in the 50s and 60s, like under that thumb of the FBI agents, kind of like a lot of those people's dads, <laughs> you know? <laughs> No, a- absolutely. And I think as the years have gone by, especially when we've seen the things that Mike Judge has done apart from this, we even can look back and realize how so much more intelligent it was. I guarantee there are people who, like you know, historians, TV historians who are praising this show now, who at the time probably thought it was the biggest trash on the planet. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> It's a different lens now and underappreciated, like all great art. It's not appreciated at this time. <laughs> Very true. Okay, so I ask this every, since I think day one I've been asking this question, but what uh, what Beavis and Butthead sleeping bag are you guys bringing to the slumber party? I'm using a giant rubber glove because it'll be a total cavity search. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. How about you, Autumn? I guess I think a TB sleeping bag. TB <laughs> for my bunghole. <laughs> Both good ones. I like that. In our sleeping bags, we'd be doing the sleepover in a camper. <laughs> I'm going to do a Cornholio sleeping bag that's like, it's over my head. You know? <laughs> it's the shirt that Beavis wears, but it's like, you know, I could pull it over my head. Yep. I got the visual. Random recommendation. Wait, I, don't, I don't remember what I call this category, but the follow-up let's say, movies? yes, if the three of us were having a slumber party together, we've rented Beavis and Butthead Do America. Each of you get to pick one. What two other movies are we renting for our rent to get one movie free deal? I'll keep the animation rolling and I'll go South Park, bigger, longer, and uncut. The first South Park movie, or the only South Park movie, I guess. Makes sense. <laughs> well, I guess Joe's apartment, because now that's stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. The night has a certain vibe to it. <laughs> you know, get on TV astronaut. Maybe just some retro nineties porn just for all the boobs. <laughs> like there's some real big fake plastic boobs bouncing around. Sure, we could do that too. It's up to you. <laughs> it's the back room. It would, no, <laughs> yeah. It, in yeah, in real Beavis and Butthead style, like we would be 14 years old and like finding it in the back of a dumpster. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man. Oh, dude, once a month they throw out the old editions. <laughs> this is probably a vulgar statement I'm gonna say, but it's proof that the culture has changed so much. Like. How big of a deal boobs were at the time? Now we're all ass people. Yeah, and now no one was really talking about the ass. It's it's kind of interesting. It's <laughs> n- boobs were so nineties. <laughs> boobs were very nineties. It's crazy, but it's the true. the government on the COVID nineteen brochure. Don't do rim jobs. To not rim. To... Yeah, yeah, the, the <laughs> NYC gov thing. It was like, like our generation needed to have that talk. We we needed to have the don't put your mouth on the butt talk. And yeah. If you are, make sure you swab it with alcohol first. <laughs> well you know guys this was a blast i had fun watching this movie i had fun talking about this movie you guys clearly know your beavis and butthead so i appreciated <laughs> that that's for sure just quickly is there any place where people can find you or anything you want to talk about and plug or well wishes whatever you want to do well first off i'm sad i didn't go into labor on this episode <laughs> yeah i'm disappointed the, the most memorable episode ever she was pushing but she just kept farting the whole time <laughs> Could you, <laughs> could you imagine if you told your child, hey, you were born while we were podcasting about Beavis and Butthead Do America? Like, that would be awesome. 
<laughs> the most I have, 2020 statement I've yeah, ever heard. <laughs> I have since since we got put on like lockdown and I realized that this kid's going to be born during all this. I have started an apocalypse journal. So from like day one that we were announced on lockdown, I've been making notes in a journal of like what's happening each day. Ooh, that's cool. It's like a clue in a video game. I love it. Yeah. Well, that I figured he's going to learn about it. He's going to learn about it in history class. So it's like, here's a firsthand account. Yeah. I Apocalypse baby. Yeah. I just hope it's not like, you know, I hope I'm able to give it to him and it's not like Anne Frank to him. No, I hope not. Let's, let's, <laughs> let, let's hope that's not it. We are preparing to have him in the bathtub. So. Yeah. I had to read up on that. But anyway, you can find me nice. on Instagram. <laughs> Exo Glamour Zombie. You there? Dan? Oh, yeah, I was okay. waiting for you, Dan. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> normally, I would give a shout out to like say, hey, find me on Instagram. But you know what? I'm pretty sure I think Trump's going to use this to uh, try and make a power grab, postpone the election, and then ask for executive powers. So you're not going to find me. I'm going off the grid. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to know. That, that originally wasn't on air, but now it is. So... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for disclosing that, and you've now outed yourself as a traitor to the machine, so shh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, well, again, it was a blast, and does uh, does the baby have an Instagram yet? Does the baby have a Twitter, maybe? TikTok? No. No? Dan no? doesn't even know what TikTok is. The, the, <laughs> face, the face he made when you said that. <laughs> will, will the baby be getting any kind of personal social I don't, media I, I don't know. No. Like, I'm even no. weird that's, about, that like, putting, me out. like, yeah, no, no. Like, he's a, he's a that's how you get, baby. like, a duck. That's how you get a duck. <laughs> I, I had the to dog. Ask. The dog, ask. maybe, because that's how I'm going to make my fortune. That dog is so freaking cute. <laughs> how is he hey, not famous? Hey, it happens. I mean, I've seen it happen. So, well, again. babies be abducted from Twitter? <laughs> yes, yes. No, dogs <laughs> become famous via Instagram. Yes. And, and get free stuff. Well, it's got time. He, he's got to start paying his bills. Several famous dogs. So. <laughs> well, again, guys, it was an absolute pleasure. Stay safe. You know, obviously, you guys will be on again probably after the birth, I guess. Look at the baby's waiting to do his first podcast. Well, yeah, I was going to say, don't don't be like, oh, we're parents now. We're not podcasting anymore. You got to open my Halloween season every year. It's tradition. Yeah, no, we're down. All right, guys. Thanks so much and take care. Hey, thanks again. Bye. Big thank you, as always, Dan and Autumn. And you slumbers out there will be happy to know Autumn had the baby just, what, like a couple days ago? It's crazy. And I didn't even plan for this episode to be like a nice little baby surprise. I'm sure they're more excited about young little Harrison coming into their lives than this podcast episode on Beavis and Butthead Do America. But from me, from all the slumberers, Dan and Autumn, we give you guys such a big congratulations. We hope Harrison becomes a slumberer. We hope he listens to the podcast. We hope you guys even have time to listen to this episode. But if you do, you know, just, again, the biggest congratulation in the world that we can give you. And we can't wait to have Harrison on as a guest one day. That's how many high school movies we have to cover. <laughs> anyway, what a fun episode. This was awesome. But you guys got homework. I'm sorry. You do. You might be studying from home. But I got to give you more homework for Friday. Don't worry. This is another fun one as well. It's just completely different from today's episode. Eh, this was kind of like an adult-oriented episode. Next week, well, we're talking The Princess Diaries. There she is right there. That's me at Thermopolis. Glamour. Romance. Fame. Mia Thermopolis had it all. 
but only in her dreams. As always, this is as good as it's gonna get. Her real life was completely ordinary. You're way tense. But now, something's about to happen. Your grandmother called. This is the first time she's ever contacted us. What you want? That will change everything. I am queen of Genovia. Whoa, whoa. And you are princess. Shut up. Just in case, I'm not enough of a freak already. <laughs> What's that, a tiara? I can teach you to walk, talk, sit, stand like a princess. <laughs> Let the work begin. We don't schlump like this. It's a question of taste. Princesses never cross their legs in public. Tuck one ankle behind the other. A matter of grace. Oh, oh. What kind of dancing do you do? Where is the beautiful girl? My granddaughter, Amelia. And a chance Attack. to make all her dreams come true. Only Paolo. I'm gonna take this and give you much better. Walt Disney Pictures presents Anne Hathaway and Academy Award winner Julie Andrews. Do you think she can do it? I have no doubt. Princess Diaries. I would like to propose a toast. And our guest will be, of course, all the way from Australia, Shawnee Mead. Can't wait to hear what she says about this film. You are Princess of Genovia. <laughs> Once again, I want to remind you guys, you can follow us on social media. Class participation is a huge part of your grade. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. I'm always posting there. And slide into my DMs. Or email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. That's highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. Getting ready for bed. The study session was good, but, you know, time to hit the hay. So, let me leave you with... A song, of course, from this Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. It is Isaac Hayes, Beavis and Butthead movie theme song. This is that cool one that plays at the beginning. Ugh, I love it. So remember, guys, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop to look around once in a while, you could miss it. And again, peace and all the love to our health heroes. Later, dudes.
you still here? It's over. Go home. Go.